If you charge more, will the quality of your clients improve? This is one question that a lot of us have to contend with because, you know, we've been dealing with clients feeling undervalued and for most folks, we just assume that once we tweak the pricing part of the equation, then everything should get better. If you increase your prices, you'll make more money, arguably. And then if you increase your prices, you get a new, uh, what will I say, category of clients reaching out. And so overall, your life should be better. So, um, yeah, if you charge more, will the quality of your clients improve and will your life get uh, get better? This is one of those questions where the answer is kind of qualified. I guess in a general sense, you could say yes, but then there are several, uh, several caveats attached to it. But before I go into details on what my own opinion is on the matter, there's something that I'd like to uh, point out, that for the average uh, business owner, like most of our customers, most of our um, potential clients, the only information or data point that we have on products or services or goods or whatever is price. And so price seems to be a near universal. And so because of that, whenever we are in a fix as business owners, the average person tries to tweak the price. So if a wedding photographer is not getting enough inquiries, they think, okay, maybe I'm charging too much. Let me bring the price down. Or let's say a wedding planner is doing 20 weddings a year, but she's tired of dealing with broke people. So she thinks, okay, let me increase the price. Um, you find that people just go to price as a default to try and solve all their business problems. And that's not necessarily um, the case. Because you'll find uh, the more you stay in business or the more you try and get sophisticated about this business game, that sometimes the price can stay the same, but your positioning, your branding, your marketing, your advertising, all of that can improve. And then that also changes the uh, quality of your clientele. So there's lots of levers to uh, pull besides price. So there's price, yes, but you also remember the marketing mix back from when we were in primary school, for those of us in Nigeria anyway, who studied... Uh, I think it was commerce. I think it was called commerce back in... No, not primary school. I think it was junior secondary school. It was called commerce back then. So we studied, uh, you know, pricing, promotions, place. Uh, what else? It was five, five Ps or is it six Ps? I think five Ps of marketing or six Ps of something. Anyway, so there are other levels to pull. Um, if you have your textbooks, then uh, you have a look at it. You find out what the other Ps are. And those are other levers that you can adjust to make your life uh, better. But now back to the main question, will charging more improve uh, the quality of clients? Um, in a general sense, yes, it should. However, it's not going to improve the quality of your clients if you have poor product market fit. It's something that I've spoken about a few times on the podcast, and I think maybe in the last two episodes where I was talking about um, market validation, but it's not something that people um, talk about a lot in our space. It's mostly people who are in the tech space who talk about product market fit for obvious reasons, because they are releasing a product, they're releasing an app, and so in a literal sense, you know, they do have to achieve product um, market fit. But what is, um, why is that important? It's because uh, if you tweak your prices and, okay, I was going to say overpriced, but let's say overpriced is a relative thing in relation to the market. But let me just put it this way. So let's say if you are overpriced and you have poor product market fit, then that's going to lead to a lot of attrition. Actually, there's going to be a negative customer experience and 
those your ideal clients are going to run away because you have poor value now a crass example that i can give for instance is if you go and you pay for the hilton um hilton bu uh, buffet and uh, how much do they charge I don't know. Let me guess. Let me just say they charge maybe 15 or 25, 25K. So let's just say Hilton charges 20K. Let's keep it flat. So let's say Hilton charges 20K for their buffet. Now you assume that it's going to be top-notch and then you go there. Now if all you get for that 20K is uh, two wraps of Amala and a bottle of Fanta, then um, that is going to be a negative customer experience and... Uh, the fact that they price it at 20k doesn't mean that lots of people are going to rush in to say let me have that hilton uh amala at 20k it'll actually lead to um, attrition people will fade away because um if it's a buffet part of the value prop of a buffet is come and eat uh, what's that word all you can eat yeah so part of the value proposition of a buffet is all you can eat so if you're going there for all you can eat but then you only get three wraps of amala and uh, two bottles of fanta and all of that is just at 20k you're not going to say uh well because it's hilton hotel and blah 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 you uh, you stick around so um the customers that they're looking for will actually fade because what you have there is negative customer experience because there's a poor product market fit. Now, on the other hand, if uh, the Hilton Hotel is not doing the uh, the all-you-can-eat thing, not a buffet thing, but rather they want to do um, sophisticated, high-class, continental dining, then 20,000 naira for a plate of uh, gourmet, um, you know, gourmet amala with um, a wedu soup and uh, I don't know, half a glass of champagne or something. Maybe 20,000 might be considered a deal, and then um, uh, the kind of clients that they're looking for people who want to be um, ultra sophisticated uh, will come on board. So you can see that it's not just a straightforward thing like that, but there are lots of things um, to consider. So in this case, the Hilton Hotel uh, case, it depends on whether what they're trying to do is a buffet or whether they're trying to look for the fine uh, dining experience. So these are um, the kind of things to consider when you're talking about a product market fit. What kind of product or service am I putting out and what is the market uh, willing to tolerate um, or accommodate? So essentially, um, product market fit, uh, the question that you're asking yourself when you're talking about product market fit is does your product satisfy or does it meet a strong demand um, out there in the market so yes there is a demand for all you can eat and um, Hilton Hotel they've uh, put their own uh, their own product out there but it doesn't necessarily mean that just by tweaking the price alone will they improve or decrease the quality of their clients and so it's the same thing for those of us who are photographers wedding videographers uh, wedding planners decor people and uh, cake people so the price is a very important lever to uh, pull but if there's no product uh, market fit then increasing the price is just going to mean that we'll have attrition so let's say for instance that you are a cake person and your central thesis is that people are going to pay for works of art let's say you're really masterful at um uh sugar uh sugar works of art and stuff uh stuff like that because the person who made my own wedding cakes a long time ago she's a lot bigger right now um lola day of dainty affairs i mean that's her thing i mean she makes wonderful sugar crafted sculptures and you know like swans on your cake and all that wonderful jazz so let's say you're in abuja and you figure uh, Dainty Affairs does that. She's big in Lagos, you know, Lagos Ibad on that axis. Uh, let me try here in Abuja. Let's see if it works. So, if you try that, but really there's no demand for that sort of thing here, then 
I mean, perhaps, perhaps not. It might not matter how high or how low you raise your prices. You know, if there's no product market fit, there's no um, uh, product market fit. So these are the sorts of uh, questions that we ought to consider and not just think about um, raising our price alone. In fact, in my own opinion, I strongly believe that before we get into tweaking price, especially since when we start playing with price, we never stop playing with price. That's one thing I've noticed. I mean, just check it for your friends who are wedding photographers or, or, or wedding planners. You know, so today, uh, you know, their wedding planning is uh, 200K. Then tomorrow it's 700K. And then you refer somebody else in three months' time and then it's back to 500K. And then in two years, it might now be 2M and then now back to... And you know, we just keep going all over the place with price. And wedding photographers are notorious um, uh, for, for doing that. You know, so it's 150 today, 250 tomorrow. And then uh, you get scared. Things are slowing down. Okay, maybe let's do COVID pricing. And then it's now back to 125 and then you just keep hopping all over the place and the problem with just changing price arbitrarily is that if you want business growth we have to try and move things uh, discreetly uh, and in tandem so you only change one thing at a time so I actually prefer that you leave your price constant and you start tweaking other things change your advertising change your promotions get better at copywriting uh, get better at your sales process, uh, you know, things like that. Because when you get better at those sorts of things and then you get uh, traffic, you now have options to play around with. So that, let's say you're a wedding photographer and you started out at 200, you tweak all those other stuff. If you're getting 40 inquiries in a year and you're able to get, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 weddings from that, you're not going to be as worried when it comes to increasing your price because even if you increase your price from, um, okay, this example I said 200. Let's, so let's say you increase your price from 200 to 300, and then your your inquiries go down from um, your inquiries go down from 40 a year to maybe 20 a year. You know, it's still enough people calling in that you're not going to be scared that oh, because I uh, increased my price that um, uh, I'm not going to be able to pay the bills this year because um, everybody has run away. So in my own opinion, I think let's focus more on product market fit issues and market validation um, issues before we start um, tweaking the price. Because once you're done with product market fit and market validation, you have enough traffic. And when you have traffic, you're not afraid to fool around with stuff to change your copy or to change your price. So let's worry about those um, fundamentals uh, first. And uh, when all that is in place, then we tweak our prices in a deliberate manner, not all over the not all over the place, you know, not starting off at um, one fifty and then double it to three hundred and then get worried and then scale that back to two eighty. you know just take it easy and scale in a well graded place uh, graded manner, and then that gives you the uh, the data that you need so you can make um, a decision on what the ultimate price should be. So let's say you started off at 200 and you're increasing, you know, why not make it 220 or maybe 225? You don't have to go from 200 to 400 or from 200 to 300. So scale a little bit. Uh, of course, you know, keep your, uh, your records. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You don't have to do um, Excel type sheets. You, you just keep it fancy. I mean, with the records that you have on your phone, you can get a sense of um, how many people reached out this year, especially if you're keeping track with your calendar. Okay, maybe you might not have that info of how many people reached out this year, but you definitely will have the info on how many uh, weddings you closed um, this year. So, how many weddings did I close this year and at what price? How many did I do last year at what price? And it gives you a fair sense of where to go uh, from uh, from there. 
so uh, yeah that's it pretty much um, okay yeah one example of how uh, this sort of played out with a photographer that I was talking to. There's a fellow who is, is really good. Uh, he's coming from the Badon Axis. He's moving here to Abuja and he wants to get into the portrait market. So he reached out to me. We had a few conversations. He was worried that he was being undervalued at 30K. And I looked at his work and his work was um, really, really, really good. So I told him that it's not just a matter of simply uh, tweaking uh, the price, you know, just increasing it to whatever it is that he felt. I told him that I think it would be best to see how you could get his inquiry um, levels up to see if you can get more people interested and that was part of the game plan that we uh, came up with and he was able to get a few more people interested at that current price at, uh, price at 30k because my advice to him was that okay you're feeling undervalued at 30k but at for the quality of work that you produce at 30k are people saying this is a steal and the answer was yes because at 30k he was able to find five people to book him easy at 30k so now we have concrete data from the market that with your level of skill 30k is a steal so people see your work and they hear 30k and they're like eh, i have to take opportunity this 